0: Hello, and welcome to the Maryland Democratic Party's podcast. It is a balmy summer afternoon in our state, and I'm on this podcast with some wonderful Marylanders who all call the Eastern Shore their home. I'm Brandon Stoneberg, your state party comms director and podcast host here today for the fifth episode of our second season. Our beloved leader, Cherry Cherryvette Lewis, could not make it here today. She's at an event in Baltimore with Vice President Harris. But filling in for her is our uber-talented organizing director, a proud Talbot County resident. And one of the two funniest members of our party staff, Justin Butler. Justin, how are you feeling?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be with you.
0: Thank you, Justin, for joining us. It's no secret that with this group on the screen right here, we wanted today's episode to be focused on our more rural Marylanders. As I mentioned, Justin's our go-to for all things Eastern Shore. I'm a bit of a hybrid. I was born in Baltimore. I live in Baltimore now. But I am proud to say I spent 11 years of my childhood on Kent Island, and I'm a proud product for the most part of Queen Anne's County Public Schools, Uh, so the- the two of us are extra gassed up today to be joined by a historical duo of Eastern Shore Marylanders, the first Black mayor in Pocomoke City's history, Todd Knock, and the first female mayor in Easton's history, Megan Cook. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Congratulations, Mayor knock
0: Congratulations to you also. <laughs> and guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a question i like to ask all of our guests who come on. Uh, Todd, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you on this one. Uh, in a recent... Uh, article you mentioned that in 2015 just eight years ago it feels like an eternity ago but just eight years ago uh, you were actually unemployed and had just dropped out of school eight years later you've made history for your community if you could go back and tell 2015 Todd that this would be his journey what would his reaction be?
3: Uh, I would probably tell myself that I was lying
0: um,
3: I didn't see anything good coming my way I didn't see anything positive at that time um, I definitely would have said, you know what? You're lying. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to be in politics. Politics isn't something that I want to do. Um, it was something at the very back of my mind. Um, and I I was fine just showing up to meetings, given my input and things like that. But as far as uh, running for office, it would have never happened.
0: Yeah. And Megan, at your swearing in, you said that this win was you know, a monumental milestone in the journey towards equality yeah. and progress. You expressed gratitude for some of the trailblazing women who came before you. What message does it send young women, especially on the shore and across the state actually, to kind of see leaders like yourself, like Aruna Miller, like Brooke Learman in, in these positions? Yeah. And my second question for you is what's been the biggest difference you've seen going from the city council level to the to the mayor's office?
2: Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for having me, but I do think probably, um, you know, I, I think like Knock, <laughs> I never saw myself as a politician. So to see myself in this role, you know, it's, it's nice. I do have to reflect on the fact I do understand it is a monumental um, time for us. And it's nice that to finally see a leader, a female leader in Easton after so many years of being incorporated. And I never quite see myself as a role model necessarily. Um, like i do i said i do understand the importance of the issue and hopefully i can act as a role model for um, a woman across the eastern shore but i think one of the biggest differences from going from council president to my current position is just a different perspective on how you see the town um, and how you you're running i still represent the people of the community but at the same time now i also have 150 employees and eastern utilities along with me so it gives it a little bit of a different spin to things
0: (laughs) and justin i believe you got to see her race firsthand there in Easton. What was the atmosphere like around election season? And what was the community feeling?
1: We had some amazing turnout in this last Easton election. Uh, we had a bunch of good candidates running, both obviously in the mayor's race. Uh, we got across the line there. We also had another great race uh, with Miss Maureen, who was running for city council. Um, what I love about uh, uh, Mayor Cook, as well as about Mayor knock is that in both of their races, they put in the work. You will not meet two dedicated public servants who got out and knocked more doors, talked to more of their possible constituents, and made that case face-to-face. Sometimes when we're talking about politics at the larger level, for an organizing director running my job statewide, I'm looking at numbers. I want to see big numbers across the board. But when you're looking at these municipal races, the opportunity for these people who want to serve the community, who want to make the community a better place, to get out, to talk to their neighbors face-to-face, it's one of those things I love about municipal politics that you just don't see at the higher levels.
0: Yeah, I want to ask each of you guys this. Uh, we'll start with you, Megan. What, what made you decide that this was the right time for run for run for this position, and what were those first conversations like with your family and friends when you you kind of gave the green light to yourself that hey, I'm going to go ahead and run for mayor?
2: You know, I think it was just the right time, and I think that's where the conversation started. It was definitely with the family, um, kind of thinking it over. Um, Mayor Willie has done a great job. He was our longest serving mayor of 20 years. And he had told me he's running again. Um, but I didn't at the time when the conversations between he and I started, it wasn't the right time for me. there was a few things, you know, I've got three kids. I had a couple going off to college and I needed a few, few hurdles I needed to get over first. Um, you know, I had a great fall and it was just the right time. You know, I, I I feel bad, um, that I had told the mayor, Mayor Willie that I thought I wasn't going to run and change my mind, but my conversations really started with my family, and once I had them on board, um, I sat down with him and let him know my plans.
0: I like that. And, and Todd, how about you? What was those first conversations like with, with your family and friends when you decided to make this move? I think we might have lost Mayor You there, Mayor. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. What was what was the, those first conversations like, and, and what made you decide to run at this particular time? What was this conversation like with your friends and family? So the
3: first thing that I did, we we knew that uh, our current mayor was not uh, uh, Mayor Cook. We I didn't have the relationship I was able to ever really even have that conversation. Uh, I went to uh, a council member in Pocomoke, and I said, uh, Diane, do you think Pocomoke is ready for a Black mayor? And she said, yes, and it needs to be you. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to register to run. And that was pretty much the only conversation that I've really actually had with anybody. Um, you know, people had told me years ago that I should have ranked in there, actually, in the last cycle. Uh, people had said, "Hey, you need to run for mayor," and I was like, "Nah, no things. I'm cool, just chilling out here on the city council." Of course, uh, in my in my second year of being on the city council, I was elected uh, the council basically council first vice president. And at that time, Bruce Morrison was the mayor. Bruce had suffered a hematoma brain bleed, so the first vice president actually slid and did the mayor's job uh, in some ways. So I had already had experience in it, and it scared me to death. Um, and the great And the great part about it was back then, uh, I was still able to vote even, you know, doing the mayor's duties. Um, But definitely it was the conversation that I had with Diane Downey, uh, who was a trailblazer. Diane Downey was the second woman, um, the second woman and the second black woman ever elected to the Brooklyn City Council and she's still serving. So. She was my go-to for that conversation. My family was just ready to dig in. They were they were ready to see change. They were ready for something different.
0: Mm-hmm. And Todd, you mentioned a couple of the trailblazers, and, and this one's to you. Uh, digging into Pocomoke's history, there's been some some racial tension down on the lower shore uh, in, in the past. That so the historical aspect of your win, you know, can't be understated. Ninety years ago, a, a black man from Pocomoke City named George Armwood was accused of a crime, taken from his jail cell, and then murdered. It was actually the last recorded lynching in Maryland. 90 years later, Pocomoke's a town of roughly four or five thousand people, pretty evenly divided with its uh, black and white residents, uh, but still obviously dealing with its own tensions uh, and challenges. But it has its first black mayor. Was there like a wow, this is happening moment for you? And I guess what does your election show the community, especially young black and brown children who might want to run for office one day?
3: I wasn't. I literally didn't. Uh, I literally, it, the wow moment did not hit me until I was standing on the steps of City Hall and I had been torn in. Um, that's when I finally took it all in, like, oh my God, all of these people are here because of me. Um, it never dawned on me before then because I've always been committed to the work. So the fluff and the, the, the extra, I, I just I just kind of turned a blind eye to it. But once I was standing on the steps of City Hall and I had been sworn in and I was given my first mayoral address, that's when it really hit me that everyone is there. And that's when I realized that I was showing black and brown kids, something that they had never seen in Pokemon before Pokemon was a municipality that was founded a hundred incorporated 145 years ago, mm-hmm. 145 years ago, my ancestors couldn't vote 145 years ago, my ancestors didn't have a say. So it meant the world to me, but it also meant the world to the community. And I even said in my speech, uh, much like, um, Vice President Harris, while I am the first, what I am confident of is that I will be the last. Okay, and, and I believe that uh okay. this is the this is the time for for us to step up and to really see more more women running for office. Mayor Cook, you don't understand what your story uh did to me. You uh you had some friends, uh Michelle Johnson, who uh, told me about you at uh one of Brooke Liverman's events, you know. Um so definitely, it it just, it does my heart break um, to be able yeah. to be an example, to Thank be able to be uh, the person that shattered the glass ceiling and to have um, qualified candidates like Mayor Cook also shattering glass ceilings, to have people uh, like our governor, Wes Moore, shattering the glass ceilings. We are definitely in the season where Democrats are shattered shattering the glass and that means the world to me to be a part of this
0: movement that's a, well, that's what it is it's a movement there's some pretty inspiring inspiring words mayor if you ever want to be a communications director for you can take my job that's that, you, what you said was way better than anything i've ever written for the party that's <laughs> uh but you you mentioned governor more specifically and i wanted to ask that was actually segues to my next question uh we're very proud to, to see you know the the wins you guys have had we're very proud to see governor moore and and aruna uh, miller Brooklyn, and anthony brown all those all, just now outstanding ticket across the board. But we've seen Governor Moore in Ocean City recently. Uh, we've seen both of our senators, Lieutenant Governor and Comptroller have made some recent appearances statewide, uh, some stops in Western Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, Mayor Cook, this one's to you first. Have you seen more effort and focus on your areas of the state with the current statewide leadership? And what does that do for your communities and, and voters?
2: Absolutely. Um, not only Governor Moore has been down to Easton, he's um, coming down again next week, I believe. It's really nice having him here um and the secretaries we've had a number of secretaries here in easton and talbot county um and i really appreciate the time they're spending with us really listening to our issues Um, we're proud of the work that we're doing in the town of easton um we had miss secretary serena mcelwain last week coming down to Easton utilities and touring the town of easton and i think she really was impressed that she wants to come back and see the projects we were doing firsthand we're proud of the work we're doing and it's nice to show it off and it's nice to be recognized at the state level for the work that we're putting in. Um, so that, yeah, I do see an increased effort um, from the administration and from government, Governor Moore to seeing us and seeing the work that we're doing. It's nice, it's nice to be recognized.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mayor Knox, same question to you. Have you seen more of an effort uh, in your area of, of the shore from the statewide administration and, and what's that do for your community and voters?
3: So I don't know if you guys know this,
0: I think we're losing you a little bit there, Mayor Knock. All right, we'll come we'll come we'll come right back to you when you, when the audio is when the audio is back. Mayor, Mayor Cook, back to you for the next question, real quick. In the meantime, okay De- Democrats can be outnumbered sometimes pretty significantly uh in parts of the Eastern Shore. What kind of challenges does that present? And then how do you how do you keep morale high uh in those pockets of the Eastern Shore?
2: Yeah, see, that's a tough question because at the local level we don't run on party politics, um, which is one of the things I really enjoy here because, you know, after the election, it doesn't matter. You know, if you have an issue and you're a citizen of the town of Easton, I hope you don't care whether I'm a registered Democrat, Republican, or an independent. And I certainly don't care what you're registered as, <laughs> right? You have an issue, we're here to fix it, um, regardless of party politics. I think that's one of the beautiful things at the local level um, that I really enjoy. And, you know after the election, we're all still neighbors. And the town is way too small um, to play part of politics because you know, we're gonna see each other on the soccer field with our kids, or we're gonna see each other at the library, so.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like I like how you said after the election, we're all still neighbors. Uh, so what, what, what would you say then is a top priority for your office and for Easton here in the next couple of months?
2: Well, so just kind of for me personally, I have to gear up and kind of, like I said, it's a transition into a new role. Um, I now have 150 employees and all these departments. So really taking a deep dive into there um, with staffing. But, you know, one of the things that was important to me during the election, before the election and and now is housing. Um, So we have an inclusionary zoning ordinance coming back. You know, we're having a workshop on that. Housing is a big issue here in the town of Easton and Talbot County, Um, especially attainable housing. You know, it seems like the new construction that we may have, you know, is priced quite high for a lot of our residents to be able to purchase, which is also creating an issue where a lot of the people who may move from like a starter home up, they're not able to move up. So those starter homes aren't being vacated for new families to come in. So that's, I feel a real big issue for us locally. Um, and that plays a part in everything else that we discuss, whether it's construction of the new hospital, you know, economic development. So we, we all need to kind of, you know, understand the, the puzzle collectively, you know, from all angles and how each issue plays into the next one. So yeah, right now, housing is a, is a big one for me.
0: Definitely. And Mayor Nock, are we, do we have you back here? Can you hear me? Yes. So so same question to you, Mayor Nock, what would you say that the top priority is for your office and for pokemoke in the next couple of months?
3: So the, the top priority for my office is definitely economic development, which is going to be an ongoing cycle. We also have to clean Pocomoke up. Pocomoke has been left in shambles for uh, many years. Uh, No one is focused on. Uh, code enforcement and, and different things like that. You know, we want to talk about attracting businesses, but we never take into consideration when those businesses and those executives drive through Pokemon to get to Ocean City and they see, they see the shape that the town is in. So we're definitely focusing on code enforcement, economic development. And of course, uh, just as Mayor Cook said, we are in a housing crisis right now uh, where people aren't moving out of those starter homes. You know, I live in my family home. Uh, the home that my family has owned since the early 1900s. And uh, I've decided that I want to stay in Pocomoke and I want to move into a starter home, but it's impossible. There's nothing actually available right now because people aren't moving out of the starter homes and moving into these larger homes or, or family-sized homes and things like that. So that's definitely a focus that uh, we're trying to tackle Pocomoke as well.
0: And then I want to give you a chance to answer the question that we presented to so- to mayor cook she made a good point that sometimes especially in local municipalities she was joking that you you see the other party on the on the soccer field so you you, you know after the election you're still neighbors you can't really play partisan politics at the local election but i guess if 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 democrats in certain parts of the shore would be outnumbered well, what kind of go ahead i think we I think we lost you again there Mayor. or not
1: So I'll pop in on this question quickly. Go ahead, Justin. One of the great things about organizing on the Eastern Shore, or whether you're organizing in Western Maryland or Southern Maryland. Can you hear me now? Oh, I think we might have Mayor knock knock back. Can you hear
3: us? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. I'm down here in the woods of Worcester County with the Worcester County Democrats. We're having our, our annual crab feast right now. So that's why you've seen a lot of action going on around me. Um, so th- that's the truth too. I agree with Mayor Cook. We, you really, I, I take a staunch stance in saying, "Hey, I am a Democrat," but at the end of the day, uh, your neighbors are Republicans and Independents and uh, Libertarian people. You know, so you still have to see them in the stores. You still see them in the churches, um, and it, it is our job. The, the beautiful thing about the Democratic Party is yeah. we've always been a party, a party of uniting people. And we've always been a party of convincing people. Um, so definitely, we, I don't play uh, party politics, and and within Polkamoke City, uh, I just keep my values, the democratic values, at the forefront of my life. But she's right. We still see each other on the soccer field. You see each other at Walmart. You see each other at church. Um, you even see <laughs> you even see each other in uh, everywhere. You see each other everywhere, and. Um, you identify, you know, but your friends, your neighbors, your family.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin, go ahead and finish up. Your what? What, what were you going to jump in with?
1: Yeah, uh, one of the great things about municipal service um, is exactly what these two were discussing: the lack of partisanship. Once you get into the position, you also have that lack of partisanship when you're running for the office. So, in places where even where Democrats are outnumbered two to one by Republicans. When individuals go into that voting booth to elect your town council, to elect your local mayor, they don't see that party affiliation next to their name. It's not about whether you're a Democrat. It's not about whether you're Republican. It's about what values you've expressed while you're running for that office. So in a lot of places, uh, this is the way that we can make sure that our values are being represented because with the state of partisanship in this country right now, it's so vitriolic. If people see that party label attached to your name, Oftentimes, they'll just write you off automatically. But in these nonpartisan races, where you rely on direct face-to-face contact with your voters, when you rely on actually getting to know your neighbors and what problems they're having, it gives Democrats who may think, oh, I can't ever win this type of election. Oh, no, you can You just have to get out there and talk to your neighbors. It's very possible, and it presents opportunities to make sure that we have our values represented at the local
3: level.
0: Which is making me feel like we should send all of my group of democrats over here in the i-95 corridor over to the eastern shore for for campaign season let them do some door knocking and 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 kind of see see firsthand this experience because yeah that that sounds a heck of a lot better than than some of the campaigns we we've seen on this side of the of the bridge uh i do
2: think that knocking on doors makes you a better candidate i'm not sure what mayor Knox says but when you talk to someone you know face-to-face and you're hearing exactly you know their message and their struggles in a one-on-one situation, I think it makes you a better candidate and, you know, makes you better in your position that you hope that you're running for. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Guys, we're going to jump into some some rapid-fire questions. Now, here come the here come the tough ones. I'm going to hit you with. I think that uh, definitely. I'm going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions now. Uh, Mayor Cook, we're going to start. The order is we're going to start with Mayor Cook and we're going to go to Mayor Knock on, on each of these. We're going to start right off the bat. I'm going to give you a tough one. What's the best food spot in your, in your, in Easton?
2: Oh, I have to pick one? Yep. Uh, darn. Okay. I'd have to say Bombay Tatka. I love Indian food. My favorite.
0: <laughs> Good choice. Maranak, I love still- them all. <laughs> Naka, we still have you. What's the best food spot in Pocomote?
3: Dockside. Dockside restaurant right on the river. Um, it is actually the
0: governor's favorite when he comes to Pokemon City. Okay. Uh ravens or commanders.
2: Oh, ravens. <laughs>
0: ravens. That was, ravens. Yeah. Perfect. That's um,
2: easier than the restaurant question. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: who's been the biggest influence on in your life?
2: Oh. Mary Knock, feel free to jump on in. I'm trying to narrow it down to one.
0: My mom?
2: Yeah. yeah, might have to be my parents.
0: That's a, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, okay. what's, what's the last show you, yeah. you got to binge watch? I know your I know your schedule's pretty tight and busy, but what's the last show you got to binge watch? And,
2: oh, Succession.
0: That's been a popular answer lately. I think our last couple. I, I think uh, we've had a couple of congressmen on lately, and they've all said success, Succession too. they I knock about so it's you?
2: Very good.
3: Never have I ever.
0: That is a good one. The 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 high school comedy on Netflix by Mindy Kaling, right? Yes, yes, yes. I've been binging that one lately. I think I'm on season two or three right now. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, if you could have lunch, beer, coffee, whatever your preference is, with one of the first 40 U.S. presidents, so pretty much anything pre-1990, who would you choose?
1: Hmm. Pre-1990. Good one. I so said I'll jump in here with Theodore Roosevelt. How about
2: Pope? Oh, oh, Okay.
1: I'll say, I'll say theodore roosevelt because i guarantee that man is entertaining in conversation
2: <laughs> i would say president Polk because he got a lot done in four years
0: okay that's definitely he the first one. that's the first time you've had that one Mayor knock about oh. you. <laughs> uh william mckinley wow these are all these are both first those are both first the popular ones are always fdr teddy roosevelt lincoln Have, that's the mckinley was the first one we've heard his name uh this is my last one. This is my absolute favorite question to ask everybody. Give me your, give me your Mount Rushmore of Maryland politicians. Your favorite four Maryland politicians of all time. I can go first.
3: Uh, yes, Barbara McCall, Barbara McCallski. Okay. Yes. Wes Moore. Okay. Uh, am I struggling with the last two? I definitely know I- McCawski and, and Moore
2: um is a mace- good
3: one? yeah 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 yeah
2: maybe card um, yes all, carded. Right. all right can we do this together yeah. and have like a joint mar- okay <laughs> who should we pick for the last one you your go. first two were very good
1: <laughs> i said i personally like either uh elijah cummings is always a great choice oh um, yeah. Or, yes, yes. or our or our native son frederick Douglass. he was a national yeah. politician
2: mm-hmm. yes yeah.
0: Those two are popular answers. Papalski right. is always a popular one. Uh, Hoyer and Raskin get get some love sometimes. Uh, yep. Wes has been Wes has been an answer a few times. So so what's what's yeah. our current list? How, how many more do we need here?
2: I, we did a joint one. I, that was pretty good. I think we came up with four, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. There, there's so many to choose from. How do you pick just four?
0: Yeah. Mikulski was a that's a very popular one too. I like that I like that one right off the bat. That's a good that's a really strong squad you guys got there. <laughs> well think I wanna thank you guys for joining us, Mary knock I'm gonna let you get back to your to your crab feast. Uh it looks like a good time in, in there in the background. I don't want you hanging out in the woods down there for too long. No mosquitoes or anything. Go back and enjoy the, the crabs. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for for joining us. It's been an incredible show. Uh, We hope everyone enjoyed it. Please tell your friends, subscribe, leave a review, go hang out on the Eastern Shore, go see the beautiful, beautiful Pocomoke and beautiful Easton and my personal favorite, Ken Island. Uh, Stay informed, keep working. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.
2: All right. thank Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you.